The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Saturday, December 21st, and we are going to break down a very exciting nine-game slate today. Uh, I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined with Mr. Shark, as they call him, in the DFS NBA industry, and that's Michael Apatria. How are you today, Mike? I'm doing well. It's uh, We're recording this in the morning. Uh, we're trying to do that now on Saturdays. That way we get a little bit more info. Me and you are a little bit more awake and fresh. You know, I got my, uh, right. my cup of coffee right next to me. So um, I love these morning slates, man, like when we get to break it down and talk. So I'm looking forward to today and uh, looking forward to bounce back. I had a kind of a little bit of a rough night last night as far as, uh, you know, some of my contests. But um, that's that's the, the the transparency we have to have. Um, I did not win money, <laughs> and I'm yeah. looking forward to bouncing back. So now I got a I got some extra time. You know, no work today. The weekends, uh, I could really really gear up for these Saturdays. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome stuff, man. Well, you know, it's just like normal. You know, with both of us, uh, you being more of a GPP player and me a cash player. Sometimes we don't hit on the same nights. But last night was. A profitable night for me. I was in the top uh, 8% uh, of my contests on most of the sites and top 3% on FanDuel. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun way to start the weekend. And uh, I'm hoping to stay hot here up until this great Christmas card. Try to go after some of those monster contests. There's some great ones out there on Christmas. Oh, I love the Christmas slates. Um, you know, it's going to be funny that if we hear Kawhi Leonard rest or something like that happens. I saw yeah. somebody, somebody tweet that out, uh, made me laugh. So um, I, I just loved, I love it because at the end of the day, you know, you have no excuses. You know, you're going to get a couple extra fish in the sea who are, everybody's off from work. Everybody's with their family. Everybody's watching the Christmas games, almost like uh, Thanksgiving Day DFS football. Um, right. Extra people that generally wouldn't, you know, dive into these deep ends are going to be playing. So it's almost like, you know, I, I hate to say it, we're going to take your money. Uh, you know, we do this every day, not just on Christmas. So uh, we're, I'm looking forward to taking some of their money and I'm looking forward to just kind of sitting back, eating dinner, having a couple cold ones and watching some games. And that's the perfect day to do it. I love it, man. They're, they're nothing personal to it's none of our listeners because all of our listeners are listeners are sharks. But uh, there are plenty of schools of christmas fish swimming around just asking to be eaten <laughs> hey so and maybe maybe they uh they go above and beyond and they say listen i, I know i don't normally dive in and play dfs nba i want to watch some games maybe I, maybe I should go google a podcast or something and just see if i can get some help uh and they'll and they'll click in and maybe they're first time listeners and if you are if you're listening to this show around that time we'll we'll respect you we'll join the crew it's not too late we'll turn you no doubt about it yeah yeah join join the money train as as we've been saying um but good stuff man we're i'm excited for it this slate today is just wild because we've got nine games and we have nine teams on the second night of a back-to-back now, we've never had that type of a situation before. So, you know, this is like follow the news times 100 because, you know, normally news breaks, uh, you know, the day of on 
when a team is playing the second half of a back-to-back of guys that are going to be rested. And, uh, you know, obviously it's it's early morning on Saturday. This news will start coming out probably early afternoon. But you've got – I guarantee you there's going to be some guys that are sad. So we're going to build, you know, go through all of this, look at everything like we normally do. But uh, definitely, you know, don't just take it verbatim, you know, follow the news this afternoon. Because uh, as of right now, I don't see any guys counted out. Uh, and I scoured, uh, you know, all the spots that I normally do before we came on air. So, um, you know, we'll give you a good, strong feel for everything, but then follow that news uh, with all these teams playing on a, a second night of a, a back-to-back. So, and nobody's playing on the first night of a back-to-back, so you don't have to worry about that. So if they're going to sit, it could be today, and you'll know it's not going to be somebody preparing uh, for tomorrow. Oh, actually, I take that yeah, back. Yeah, I was going to say, Coach. Cool. three teams. There's Charlotte, the Clippers, and Milwaukee. And the, so, the Clippers so are the one that we're going to have to watch, too. That's an important one. So we have nine teams on the second half and three on the first half. So that's 12 teams. Holy mackerel. That's going to make it interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and especially, like I said, that Clipper news. Um, you know, there's there's two ways you can look at it. Uh, they're playing, you know, the little revenge game with uh, Kawhi going playing the Spurs tonight, but – yeah, if you're looking he, at the he give two hoots about oh, that, he yeah. doesn't care about anything, man. No, no, but maybe, maybe, maybe they're feeling generous because, uh, and you know that he's going to have some of his old Spurs fans in the in the stands coming specifically for this game. But uh, more importantly, is that the, the game that they're playing tomorrow night is uh, is is expected to be a little bit more competitive. Um, so they might, you know, this might be the leg that they decide to, to hold them out. I don't know. It's we just have to monitor it. Um, yeah. Going against the Thunder tomorrow. Thunder's not some A-class team, uh, but they're definitely better than the Spurs at this point. So if you're going to sit them, maybe it's this one. Yeah, and you know we may not have that news. By the way, you know Locke is uh, regular time. Uh, well, actually, it depends on which uh, slate you're playing. You can play all. This is important too, just to make a quick note, and then we'll dive right in. But the the first game is at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that's and then the last start time is at 10. Some sites allow you to play all nine games in an all-day slate. FanDuel's breaking it up with the two games early, the five and six o'clock game, and then you have seven games on the main slate. Uh, a fan, uh, DraftKings chops it up multiple ways. Um, you know, and, and Fantasy Draft is drop the first game and using the rest. So every site is different. You know, you have to follow all of this. And and remember, uh, if you're playing on FanDuel or dra- uh, Fantasy Draft, uh, no late swap. So you're not going to have Kawhi news late to be able to move off of them uh, on those sites. So keep all of that in mind. It's important. That's a good call. Um, definitely. I mean, uh, I, I'm primarily going to, you know, be playing a little bit of uh, Fantasy Draft and DraftKings. Uh, I've kind of hedged away a little bit from Fantasy Draft. But, I mean, this – if you know, I like that six o'clock game. Um, that's going to be one of the games where we could get a lot of our value from. Um, so yeah. I'm going to be looking at that one. Yeah, and I'll tell you that little two two game uh, early slate on Fanduel looks pretty fun too. So, all right, let's dive in, my man. We've got, uh, as we stated, that 5 p.m. first game, sort of an odd start time, um, and especially since it's on the East Coast, very odd start time, but. Um, it is Utah Jazz at the Charlotte Hornets. 
Utah is a six-point favorite. The over-under is 209, which is the lowest on the entire slate of nine games. Implied total for Utah, 107.5, and for Charlotte, 101.5. And And, uh, neither one of these teams played yesterday. So a whole different twist. Uh, This is the first night of a back-to-back for Charlotte. And... uh, you know, interesting. So you want to dive in? Yeah, dude, I'm ready to do this. Um, I have, a, I think I have a really good grip on this two-game slate right now. The way I'm approaching it is Ooh. very simple. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at this first game, the 5 o'clock game. Uh, that's where I'm going to get my cheap plays. Uh, this isn't a game that I really want to, you know, pay up for the guys. I know I'm looking at DraftKings right now, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. They're in great matchups. They're in great spots. But you're paying a premium for these guys now. Rudy Gobert almost 9K. Donovan Mitchell in the yeah. high eights. So uh, I don't mind spending up on them if you, if you have the money to spend, if you're not playing you know any of the priced up guys in the next game. But that's kind of the route I'm taking. So uh, I'll start over at the Charlotte side. That's kind of where I'm seeing uh, my value. I'm, I'm looking at guys like Marvin Williams at 4,200. Um, you know, Utah okay. doesn't go double big. So I would be surprised if they don't want to stagger Cody Zeller and Biombo just to kind of match up with Gobert. Always have one of those guys available. Uh, Marvin Williams mm-hmm. played 29 minutes in the last one. So I think at 4,200, he should see significant time at the four. Um, decent value play when you're looking at a two game slate. And then Cody Zeller at 6K, it's it's a little premium for Cody Zeller, uh, but the minutes have been there for him over the past three games. He's played at least 29 minutes in each of those three. He's gonna they're gonna need his size going against Gobert. Um, not expecting an awesome, maybe like a fantastic offensive game, but uh, the rebounds and the playing time should be there for him. So those would be my two main targets. Uh, I don't I don't mind the price tag on Graham and Rozier, but the, the guards okay. that we're gonna get to in the next game is pretty much where I'm locking in. Um, they're both in great spots, and it's hard not to like them both in the next game. That's true. That's a very good point. Um, a couple, you know, the, the stats I like to look at, you know, sort of uh, game shape it before I script it out, uh, as I always mention, is the, the pace and the defensive efficiency because uh, it gives you a little bit of a feel, sort of the directions for both teams. So I'll touch on those as well. Utah is 16th in pace, so around, around the middle. Uh, a little just slightly below uh, middle. And Charlotte's playing at the third slowest pace, which is sort of bizarre. I never expected that this season with, you know, with uh, uh, the two guards that are doing most of their scoring, you would think with uh, with them they'd be getting up and down the floor a little bit. But uh, Devante and and, uh, and Rogier are getting it done in a slower pace, which is, which is very interesting. Um, you know, this game is tough. You know, Utah has been, you know, winning games, but they've been inconsistent and up and down uh, in, in against specific uh, teams. But I can tell you, I'm not impressed with Charlotte's defense. And, uh, you know, I've seen multiple games now where, you know, they'll one or two guys from the other team will just blow up and, you know, 7X, 8X kind of stuff. So that the key is which Utah guys are going to do that. Uh, you know, first of all, Utah is 10th in the league in defense. So that is is respect respectable. Charlotte 25th. So like I say, they are not getting it done. They've been starting the double bigs like you mentioned. You know, the question is, are they going to try to do that? and squeeze on Gobert a little bit, or are they going to rotate them? Uh, they really, you know, 
played some of the double big lineups, maybe just out of necessity when uh, PJ Washington, who's now out uh, with a broken finger and Marvin Williams was out for a little while. So maybe that was by necessity. So what I'm trying to say on the Charlotte side is I don't trust any of those bigs. I'm not even going to think about them, you know, especially with the rotation and with Gobert in there. But, uh, you know, I think Gobert is playable just because, you know, I, Biombo I respect defensively, but I don't Zeller. And I'm not sure in that rotation. And even sometimes they've gone small and played Marv at the five. So if that's the case, being, you know, if you're going to play an all day slate, I would say, you know, pass this game, first of all. But if you're playing a small two game type slate, early slate, I think Gobert uh, becomes in play. And, uh, you know, I think Donovan Mitchell has to be uh, considered. And then on the, the Charlotte side, you know, Devontae Graham home games usually means he blows up and has a monster game. And without Conley, um, Utah has not defended the point guard nearly as well as prior to. So, you know, I may just dip in and go Gobert and uh, Devontae. Uh, and if if I can afford him, maybe Mitchell. But like you said, this next game is so stackable. Uh, you pretty much are going to need the majority of your players, I think, from that game. Yeah, and that's the route I'm taking. Like I said, I'm using this first game for the value. I, I didn't mention the value. I'm looking really on, on the Utah side, but I, you know, Royce O'Neal definitely in play at 4,400. He's been consistent right around the, the 20 to 25 uh, DK point mark. So uh, yeah. he's another guy. And I think Joe Ingles uh, at 6,100. Um, he's just been playing fantastic since uh, yeah. Conley misses time and, you know, just four straight games above 30 DK points. So that's kind yeah. of the approach I'm taking. My initial build, you know, I'm looking at maybe like two or three guys from this game and all of them are, you know, 6,100 and less. And just kind of that next game, we're going we're gonna to talk about it in a half a second, but it's just loaded. Uh, the pace, the, the defenses, it's just, you know, pickings. Do you know Joe Ingles has continued to troll me? Since the game that he destroyed my lineup, he's had, like you said, 30-plus fantasy points in every game. That's just not nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's why, you know, there's some guys where you get burned by them and you just want to hate them. Uh, You know, I just looked at it it like a sample size. You know, more often than not, when Joe Ingles was given, even looking back at last season, when he was given starting minutes, starting lineup opportunity – time to handle the ball he was consistent so the one the one game of him doing bad i think was the outlier it was but you do know the second that i roster him again he'll have that second outlier well, don't touch him don't touch him coach because i want to i want to use him on this two game slate so please leave him alone fade him all right i i probably won't go jingling joe i just don't want to start my day out uh, saying cuss words around this nice Christmas holiday. So, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Jingle and Joe, Joe, you know, Joe Jingles. Oh, it's I don't the want holiday to season. Hear. I don't, you know, maybe we got I'm something here. Jingle. I'll <laughs> jingle something. All right, man. It. Uh, let's go right to the second game because I know you're chomping at the bit oh, on it. I can't it. wait. It is Atlanta, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, seven and a half point favorite. The over under 229 and a half. So, big fat 20 and a half points. Uh, higher than the Utah-Charlotte game. Implied total for Brooklyn, 118.5, very respectable. And Atlanta, 111. So go after it, man. All right, so I will start with um, with Atlanta. I mean, Trey Young's expensive, 10-6. I'm, I'm paying it on the two-game slate, maybe not in the all-day slate while I pay for it. 
Um, I think this the upside, if you're talking about this two-game slate, there's no one on the slate that has higher upside and a higher ceiling than him. The floor yeah. seems safe in this kind of matchup of around 50 points. And when you're talking about a two-game slate, you know, just points and points total um, in general, they matter. Uh, we're not necessarily mm-hmm. looking for as much of a point-per-dollar play. Those are great. But we're just looking for the highest score on a two-game slate as well. So we're going to need that guy. I think it's going to be Trey Young. I'm also going to be looking at Huerter, um, or Herder, however you'd like to pronounce Herder. it. Herder. Yeah. Um, 5k, I think it's a more than fair price tag. He's still playing some of the backup point guard duties that kind of elevates his floor and his ceiling a little bit yeah. with the assist totals. Uh, they haven't been there necessarily in the past, like three games, but you know, in that case, he's been scoring more. So whatever, whatever way he's doing it and getting it done, he could put it together in this kind of matchup and do both. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Uh, 5k though, I have no problem paying for that. And I'm going to be looking at one of these bigs. So we don't know what the starting lineup is. Um, I'm doubt. I doubt that we're going to see Bruno Fernando kind of start again. I think that was just a ploy to kind of start him against Utah, so he can just kind of get all those, yeah, get all the fouls absorbed on him. Yeah. Um, and then they can take advantage with like Len coming off the bench, but Len fouled right. out in that game as well. So I'm kind of looking yeah. for a little bit of a bounce back game from Alex Len at 4800. Uh, we know Brooklyn is just very, very weak in their front court when it comes to allowing uh, fantasy points. So uh, at 4800, a decent bounce back game and bounce back spot for Len. Um, you know, you can sign me up. Parker played well off the bench. I don't mind it at the price tag. I don't mind it because of the two-game slate. I just, right now in my initial builds, I'm struggling kind of to get there. Um, You know, it makes sense if you wanted to pivot off uh, a herder and go there. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of the, you know, the lineup, the initial build I'm having. It makes perfect sense in my build to kind of, I have enough money. I can leave 500 on the table if I want to play herder. And I can, you know, spend that 500 and, uh, you know, swap a guy that I'm talking about on the nets in a second up at the guard instead of a forward spot and then play um, Parker. So I may have just gave away my lineup. I mean, at the end of the day, when you just heard all the guys I'm interested in, um, you, you could probably just keep Yeah, go ahead. Go, go right in hey, Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't mind it. You know, if you, if you could figure it out and what it is, go for it. Uh, and it, it looks like a pretty solid cash lineup with a little bit of tournament upside as well. Sounds like a winner. Go ahead and, and buzz through your Brooklyn guys since you're on a roll here. Awesome. So Brooklyn, Spencer Dinwiddie, 8,500 in this matchup. Sign me up. Uh, yes, he's finally yeah, getting priced. Trey Young defense. Yeah, you can't beat that kind of matchup. I mean, the only the only better <clears throat> defensive matchup, I guess, would be going against Isaiah Thomas on the Wizards. Uh, and that's, you know, they're equally good in pace and everything else. So. Actually, Trey Young is rated last right yeah. now in the entire NBA. So I don't think there Isaiah has played enough to be, be rated, uh, you know, as bad. Or <laughs> he's, maybe he's he's so bad he can't even make a list. That could be it. <laughs> uh, I mean, at least Trey Young has a couple inches on Isaiah so he can throw his body in the way. You know, he's not really defending. But yeah. I have no problem paying that price tag for him. You know, I'm going to go to Jared Allen as well, 5,800, more than a fair price tag, especially given this matchup, how weak Atlanta's front court has been. And he's already destroyed them earlier in the season. 28 minutes, he's dropped 50 fantasy points on him. So I have no problem looking yeah. at Allen. And then the guard slash forward I was talking about, it's going to be Garrett Temple at 4,900. I think that's just a fair he's price tag. Good. He's really been good lately. He's been rock solid. And when you're talking about a cash game guy, he's the guy you're looking for, just 20 across the board. And then, you know, we don't want 20 at 4,900 if we're talking in GPPs. But if you're talking about an elevated uh, matchup and, ele- uh, you know, elevated um, ceiling, yeah. yeah, this is the kind of game. You know, he's going to be able to take advantage of it. So I could see him getting 25 to 30 uh, as opposed to his, you know, 20 average. I'm with you, man. And, you know, the uh, the bottom line, if if you're playing an all day slate, you you know you, you definitely want to look at some guys here. If you're playing that morning slate, you've got to build. I would say almost a three by three or, you know, two by four or at worst two by three. But, you know, in a in the small scheme of things, 
really it's hard to get away from Trey Young or Spencer Dinwiddie just because it's such a great matchup. I think, I mean, Dinwiddie's going to be like 100% owned. I mean, there's just nobody that's going to sit him because he's just dominated for Brooklyn, you know, since Kyrie's been out. And he gets, everybody knows about Trey Young's defense. So, you know, you, and on top of that, you've got Atlanta's eighth and Brooklyn is 10th. So you got two super fast teams, top 10 teams that are going to get up and down the floor. Uh, and, and defensively, Atlanta's third to last in defense and Charlotte's sixth to last. So this game just, you know, really feels like one of those. 128 127 kind of barn burners but uh you know so i think i think you gotta you can't you just have to bite the bull to eat the chalk and pay for young in my opinion and dinwiddie's a no-brainer i'll tell you the guy that has been uh busting out and i know some of the towns have talked about him, but have you noticed jared allen in the last two weeks consistent oh he's, he's nuts it's not even two weeks it's been all season the rebounds have been there for him he looks like he's being a little bit more aggressive on the uh on the uh, not the defensive end on the offensive end as well so that's kind of always been his knock is you know banging down low and being a little bit more aggressive with those lobs so he's looking fantastic i i actually thought you were going to say cam reddish uh, that's who when you're, yeah, when you're bringing it up, I know, um, he's one guy that we haven't talked about too much. I like him. Yeah, he's Dude, definitely, he's I, I didn't touch on ball. him too much, but he's, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely viable on this slate. I'll let you, yeah, continue you my can, no, no, you're right. You're, I, I like, I was going to bring both of those guys up. You're right. But Alan seems like either Deandre Jordan has lit a fire under him. Cause he knows now he's got a guy pushing him for minutes or maybe Jordan's playing the, the good guy, coach guy, and helping him, you know, get better. But whatever he's done, uh, whatever's happened there, uh, Allen's playing at a different level. I mean, I would normally just always play the guy against him, which still he's not doing it, uh, you know, interior-wise. I just don't think Brooklyn's interior defense is good all told, not just Allen. But because uh, even when Jordan's in there, the other big score – it's just that Allen on the on the offensive side has just been spectacular. So, you know, I may go Jared Allen rather than go Bear in the little two game slate, and I'm even considering uh, a little Jared Allen uh, on the all day slate. And just because I still think even though his price has drifted up, it's still fair. And I mean, he's thrown some fifty burgers on the on the table for sure. So, really, from the Brooklyn side, you know, it's Dinwiddie and Allen for me. Um, I, I don't blame anybody for playing Temple because his minutes are solid, uh, and he, you know, he's he's done a nice job. Good floor, but sort of a limited ceiling. But you know, not a bad play. On the Atlanta side, you hit right on it. I mean, Trey Young's the play. You just can't spot the field fifty or sixty or whatever amount of fantasy points. So you got to dial him up. And then Cam Reddish has been. Uh, you just watching the eye test on him. You know, he's shooting the ball with such uh, more confidence. When they're running out at him to take him off the three-point line, he's taking it to the hole. So I think he is he is a very viable play at a very um, respectable price here. Um, Jabari Parker, too, you got to mention him. I mean, he has a few games where he disappears, but he has other games where he just, you know, does great. The last game, he was a monster. So... You know, I know those are some of the more expensive guys, and we're not giving you a ton of value in that game. But, you know, you're going to have to fill in with some value with a few of these guys in, in these first two games. 
But, you know, my, my point being is I don't think you can run from uh, Trey Young, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, you know, where you may want to get a little value is Kevin Herter or, or Cam Reddish and then filter in with, you know, some of the Utah Charlotte guys. Uh, and I think you can you can come up with a really nice lineup. Um, you, go ahead. I, I was going to say, you're, abso- you're absolutely right. It's Those are your core guys, are the ones that you mentioned. You, without a doubt, you want to play those guys. And I think the edge and GPPs has kind of taken shots even and just overstacking this game on the ancillary pieces. You know, um, I, I, I kind of interrupt you again, and you're probably, you might be touching on the guy, and I didn't mention him. But this is also a revenge spot uh, for Torian Prince. And, you know, they, he, he, doesn't like Atlanta. They never really gave him the opportunity he no, felt they, like he deserved. Um, yep. And, you know, he, he got up in this game the first time for over 40 DK points. So it's, you know, there's other spots that you can just take shots on. So, like, I'm just flip-flopping with one of my shell lineups right now. And I just, it, it just seems like so many different combinations you can do and get exposure into this second game and still, um, like I said, that's that's kind of the problem I'm running into where I'm getting the value. I know I want to make my core with like Trey Young, Dinwiddie, and Jared Allen. And at that point, if you're playing all those guys, it's really hard to be able to afford your Go Bears and your Donovan Mitchells. Um, and I'm kind of just falling into the, the play of just getting my value in that first game, not overextending. Because like you said, this is a barn burner type atmosphere. This could be one of those 128 to 127 games. And if that's the case, the third or fourth highest scoring option in this game still might beat the first highest scoring option uh, in that first game. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, and and I that's a good point bringing up the the Prince revenge narrative. So, I think that uh, he definitely you can add three to five fantasy points minimum to his total just on that uh, playing a little bit harder against the old boys kind of thing. So no doubt. All right, man, let's let's roll into this third game. Um, this will start all of the main slates, uh, if not, um, you know the the last game beginning some of them so these will be the main focuses for the entire day we have seven uh really good games here again we've got the factor of these second night of a back to backs which really makes it enticing and you've got to follow this because i'll tell you here's what i'm thinking i'm thinking a lot of people are going to play today and going to also be doing uh running around to get their Christmas stuff like you and I were talking before that we're not done. (laughs) We're behind schedule. So I think people may miss some news. And if one, if somebody gets knocked out here, there's going to be some, some free money out there. So, you know, stay on it, whatever you do, time it so that you got a full 30 minutes to an hour to watch the the news prior to lock. So, yeah. And then I just want to jump in and and interject something, a little behind the scenes tidbit. Um, I'm doing my Christmas shopping a little bit early this afternoon and morning because I have to be back. I will be the uh, blurb shift rotation guy for this afternoon for a lot of these games before the lock, Um, not all the way through the night. So, if you're monitoring a lot of the uh, the blurbs over here on Hoopball Fantasy uh, on Twitter, you'll see a little bit of DFS info kind of scattered throughout those because I just can't help myself. Yeah, and when you're out there, remember, coach. I, you know, the coach could always use like uh, you know a hat, I like uh, gloves, scarf, anything like that. I was thinking of getting you a nice chicken suit, actually. So, we'll, well I think you might as well if you can get it on sale, you might as well get it now. Let's bring the chicken suit up now because I know you're going to try to hammer. It <laughs> yeah, you know. So it's let's coming. just say, first of all, there's two phases to this. Yes, I did make a small statistical error and thought I won both points. When I didn't, I won only one, and we split. But I am still winning 
seven to six. So coach is still in the lead, and uh, we will accept the fact that I had a small little blunder that I thought I won both. So I beat you to the punch. <laughs> That's, there you, you go. My, you know, I, I understand. Mistakes happen. But now You're I got, stuttering. You're now stuttering. I, gotta, I, I feel like I have to go back, and I feel like there might be an – like I, how many I of these blunders did actually you. happen? This was the only one I caught. Um, you know, I just kind of chalked it up. Uh, you know, Coach said he won. He must have won. Now I feel like I got to go back. And I want kind you of, to know I'm not – I'm also – I hope you're listening, Mr. Language Olympic Andrew. You didn't even stick up for me on the show <laughs> yesterday. He, he was like agreeing with you that you should go back and check some of these that I may have, uh, you know, stacked the deck a little on some of these. But uh, so, Andrew, I'm sorry, sir, but you're off my Christmas list until you apologize. <laughs> well, listen, I, I don't want just Andrew <laughs> taking the fall on this. So how about this? Any listener that can go back and find do a little digging there's, and find that uh, so any, any of these blunders or any of these, you know, shaved points that coach might be having, I'll send you a little something for Christmas. I'm not going to say. Wait a minute. You're maybe the it'll guy. be a hoopball T-shirt. Maybe it'll be a bag of Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee. Uh, but that'll be a personal personal gift of mine to you if hey, any of this gets dug up and figured maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong flipped. coach <laughs> what about the fact if it wasn't for our dfs pro miles hartley you would have cheated me out of a point and i would have accepted it so you know the script is flipped here a little bit sir Oh no! Listen, I I completely own up to that, and uh, and I opened my mouth when I shouldn't have. Maybe I am now. Maybe somebody does spend That's you know right. a good half hour of their day. Dig in and find and, another one. And for I me. Waste... the last time you did this, you got stung right in the butt. And maybe you know what? It might happen again. But I'm willing to take my chances, Coach. I'm willing to take the chances. I I don't I don't know. Maybe we got to do a little digging, and maybe a listener uh, just has a good half hour or forty five minutes of their day where they just want to waste it on something like this, um, and earn themselves a free bag of coffee or a t shirt. Who knows? All I know is I'm up seven to six, and that's the bottom line. So keep <laughs> sniffing as we go through these games. I'll give you a shot to try to even it up if you find somebody uh, you like in here. So, all right, let's roll so we don't uh, cut into Christmas shopping time for everybody, and then they can get back in time to to uh, look at all the news and follow what's going on from there. All right, the first. And the main slate, then, is a 7 p.m. Eastern game. It is the Chicago Bulls at the Detroit Pistons. Detroit's coming off the second night of a back-to-back where they had, like, almost the entire team down. Um, We know that uh, Griffin sat and Kennard sat, and uh, Drummond was really the only big guy. Wood is out, so it was uh, rough going. So we need to check out all the news there. Because uh, that's going to definitely affect that game. Uh, it's uh, like I said, Detroit's a three-point favorite. It's only a two thirteen total, so the second lowest on the whole slate. So I think even Vegas knows uh, with all these injuries, it could be a, a real junky game. Implied total for Detroit one hundred eight, Chicago one hundred five. So not very appealing. You know, I guess I'm from the school of thought, like I've been. You know, since the first preseason game, if Griffin's out again, then I look to uh, dial up Drummond. Although Drummond, like you mentioned at the, at the start of the show, I, I did have a great night last night, but it would have been a bonanza night if if uh, Drummond would have done his his regular uh, duty in there. He did. He fell a little bit short, but you know, still has to be a, a huge consideration in this game, even on the back side of a back to back. 
especially if they're shorthanded. So uh, you want to dive in? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm with you. Uh, looking at the Detroit side of the ball, I'm going to go back to the well on Drummond. I mean, let's be real. Uh, that was a complete outlier game, just a crazy performance by him. He wouldn't even have got to where we needed him to get to, even close to it at least. You know, we got a little over 40, and it was because of six yeah. deals. 11 rebounds against the Celtics for Drummond is not something of the norm. Uh, ball was just bouncing off of the rim crazy different ways. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm fully on board for a bounce back. And I don't mind spending the 10-3 on him in a game where he can just absolutely crush again. And then, uh, you know, Morris, 55. Yes, he should see increased playing time. I don't mind going to him. He's not going to be a core or a staple play of mine. I'm just mentioning him because he's going to see an increase in minutes and usage and should draw mm-hmm. another start. And then you might have to help me out with this gentleman's name. Um, I might butcher it. And I'm definitely going to butcher it. Um, Svi... Uh, McCullochock? I don't know. Um, V? Mihalika? I don't know. I can't. I feel like I'm throwing an extra K in there. It doesn't need to be a K. I just can't. McCullochock. Okay. All right. I'll take that one. You said you did put an extra K. I I feel like there should be an extra K in there, and I'm wrong. I think you uh, called him a McCullochock. I don't know what it is. And I think his family, you need need to apologize. I don't know what that even means, but I do apologize to you, buddy. Uh, (laughs) The easiest way to go is like with the new guy from the new center from Washington. I'm not going to give that one a shot. No, you don't have to. You just just call him AP like everybody else does. Uh, And just call this guy Svee. That's it, Svee. All there right. You go, well, man. I think you could take cool. a look at Svee and GPPs um, if Kennard sits again. He played 27 minutes in the last yeah. one. Uh, he, you know, he can shoot. Yeah, he can absolutely. Shoot. And you know, I don't generally look to, to target the guards against um, you know the Bulls. I've mentioned that several times. But at 3K, yeah. he's, he's worth a punt at the end of the day. You know, if we get 20 yeah. out of a guy at 3K, um, and you, and you you know, let me let me phrase this in the proper way. And you're actually and you're using that money to good use. Uh, it's mm-hmm. worth it. You know, don't just punt a guy because he's 3K and you think, uh, you know, it's worth it. It's got to be worth it at the end of the day and make sense in your lineup. So if you're going to a guy like Harden, maybe it makes more sense to use a guy like that. I'm with you, man. Yeah, this this is such an unappealing game, though. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, it's a hard game to stomach for sure. Um, did you did you want to – did you touch on both sides here? No, I didn't really touch on the Chicago. Bulls. Uh, at the end of the Go day, ahead. I'm not really – gravitating towards the the bulls all that much i mean they're kind of uh fair priced i mean marketing's been playing a lot better so i think that would be my number one option if i was going to go yeah. to anybody uh he can easily take uh, take advantage of the matchup he's a seven footer going against um uh, markeith morris uh markeith morris i believe comes in at about six nine so there's some size advantage to be had there and then zach levine in tournaments i don't really trust him i don't think the ceiling's all that high for cash in this kind of matchup uh, but yeah. it's always there in tournaments. We know he can just bust out and have one of his incredible shooting nights and just get up and down the floor. So it's seventy nine hundred. It's a fair price tag, but he's not like a core player or anything of mine. Yeah, it's it's a nerve wracking game to me, man. I just there's there's some guys that could boom for you, but there just seems to be a big handful of bust guys that can really hurt your slate. But you know, I'm gonna go, probably go back to the Drummond well as well, and I'm not like extremely excited about it, uh, but. I just don't think you can, you know, miss out on that. I mean, the, the the guy averages 18 rebounds a game. So, I mean, last night, like you said, had to have been some type of outlier because Boston usually really gives up big numbers to to big centers. So, hopefully, he'll he has something in the tank left for tonight. Um, you know, from the pace side, Chicago's 14th uh, right now, so middle of the pack, and. Uh, Detroit is actually 20th. So 
that's a part of the reason why the uh, the 213 total is somewhat low. On the defensive side, uh, Chicago's actually in the top 10 now. They've moved up to ninth. And like you said, uh, you know, you like those those guards on the perimeter. And Chicago has really moved up defensively. And a lot of that has been that really good de- defensive guard play, particularly of Staderanski and Dunn. So uh, I respect them uh, defensively for sure. Detroit, on the other hand, is 19th, so not quite uh, to par. I mean, Levine's an obvious choice, but, you know, he'll probably get uh, Bruce Brown defense, and his D's pretty strong. Um, I don't know. Just don't like the game. I just don't want to overthink it. And I think, you know, just Drummond and pass pretty much for me. I get the Morris thing, and he can be, you know, you talk about boomer bust. You know, I've seen that guy with like 55 this year, and I've seen him with five. So, you know, tough call. Yeah, no, I mean, at the end of the day, it's we have other games we can go to, some more uh, appealing games that we can go to. I don't think you need to jump and go overboard on this game. Um, you know, so uh, the Drummond play, and then, if, you know, if you're not playing Drummond and you want, like, that's the time it makes the most sense. So Drummond's going to be a popular play. Um, he's going to be draw a lot of ownership, even at this price tag. So if you're trying to pivot off of him in, in tournaments, that's where Morris makes a little bit of sense. Because like you said, he's very boomer bust, not really cash game trustworthy. Um, and he's priced up a little bit. So for all those reasons, he'll probably see a, a lower ownership in tournaments while Drummond sees a little bit of a higher. Exactly. All right, let's, these next two games, I think, are both monster blowout potential so i mean this uh, we're having to use every ounce of dfs nba brain to figure this slate out man you've got weird matchups all kinds of back-to-backs blowout potential guys sitting i mean you've really got to dig in this is the i think it's a great slate but i think it's one of the tougher slates with all of the complexity to it but the first big blowout game, I believe, is Washington at Philly. Both of them played last night. Uh, we've got Philly right now favored by 12. It's at Philadelphia. They have a 121 implied total. I mean, that's, you know, they're tied with Houston for the largest uh, t- implied total on the board, which is really high for Philly because they play some lower scoring games. And Washington only has a 109. So Vegas sure is sniffing out possible blowout here. And uh, before I turn it over to you, then, you know, let's take a look at the pace on this game, too, because I think that's relevant. Philadelphia is 18th and Washington is second. So, you know, Vegas is looking at the same thing. Monster pace up game for Philly. Uh, You know, the question is who... Is that going to get spread around to all their stars, or is somebody uh, going to be able to take advantage of that in particular? And then you've got Washington with the most wonderful dead last defense in the league to add to Philadelphia uh, piling it on. And uh, Philadelphia's defense is eighth. And we haven't gotten any news, obviously, on uh, if Joel Embiid's going to play. I believe he is uh, from what I read yesterday, but again, followed the news there. So, you know, we know how much better Philly is with him on the floor defensively, and they're already in the top eight. So you've got, and I'll let you go game script out this game here, but I, I'll, I'll leave you with this before you do it, is I think there's two sides to this. You know, either you 
pray that it somehow stays competitive and you load up on the big guys in this game, like, like the Beals and Embiid's, et cetera, or you think it's going to be a monster blowout and you try to utilize this game for your value plays, like a Thibel or Troy Brown Jr., that kind of thing. So I think there's two schools of thought. I think this game needs to be used, and I think this might be the game that pivots the slate one way or the other. Yeah, so. you hit the nail on the head. It's going to be all about your game scripting. Um, you know, if I'm playing guys like Beal or Bertans, I'm playing Joel Embiid over Drummond, and that's kind of like that pivot. We saw that pivot pay off last night. And one thing I wanted to talk about with Joel Embiid and why I'm kind of uh, looking at him a lot more going forward, and it's something I saw in the Boston game, you know, you saw guys, and this may sound kind of foolish, but like Shaq and uh, Charles Barkley were kind of criticizing Embiid and telling him he needs to be a little bit more aggressive, that he's kind of looks yeah. like he's shying away from shooting the ball a little bit too much. He needs to assert himself as the most dominant big man in the NBA and carry his team. And Embiid took that thought and that and those words to heart. And he even said that following his uh, ex- excellent game against the Celtics and talked about that and how he's going to look to you know take their words and their criticism and push him going forward. And just look at ever since that game. The shot attempts, the aggressiveness, it's all been up for Embiid. You know, prior yeah. to that Boston game, we're talking 18 shot attempts, 7, 12, 13, 15. Since then, it's been 21, 16, 19, 24. And he's been so much nice. more aggressive on the glass as well. So um, if you're game scripting this and you're playing a guy like Beeler Bertans, I do actually prefer Embiid over Drummond. Um, if you're kind of, you know, taking it the other way and you, you, you're going the blowout route, then I'm playing Drummond over Embiid. That's yeah. kind of my thought on this. I'm not really touching that's anything else. That's going to be quite else. a dilemma for everybody. Yes, yeah. and I'll be, I'll be long- upfront and honest with you. I'm, I'm leaning more towards the latter of playing Drummond just because I'm, I, you know, I'm a GPP guy. If I'm running out 20 lineups, I'm going to have maybe four of them game scripting with this game staying close, five of them at most. I'm not in, I'm not in, the, in the camp of thinking this is going to be just a necessarily really close one, but if it is, it's a spectacular matchup for Embiid, and it's hard to imagine that he doesn't absolutely demolish. But it is the second yeah. half of a back-to-back. If this game does get out of hand, he'll probably play something like 26 minutes and still do well probably still get 40 uh 40 you know fantasy points in that 26 minutes if not more that's not um, going to be enough though not going to be enough and that's my point so that it's all about that game script um i just wanted to touch on it as far as washington i'm not really looking at anything outside of the game script i don't even want to look at the guys for the value if this game gets out of hand i think we'll have better options to go to um a little bit later on so that's I'm either I'm looking at it if if game scripting it in a positive way I'm playing some of these guys and if it's a blowout I'm not even really touching the game too much and I know like you said we probably need to get some exposure to it but I'm looking at DK and even these guys that we'd be looking at and blowout like Troy Brown he's 4800 that's not even a great value play and we're not talking he's going to play you know 35 minutes uh, right. like he's filling in for somebody in a close game uh, we're talking about just some extra fourth quarter run and probably seeing an extra five six minutes at most. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, this is such a tough game. I mean, I watched the Washington game last night. I haven't seen a buzz on a guy that to catch the ball to shoot a three, uh, except for Curry, as far as the crowd reaction. It's amazing. Like, it, you can hear when Bertans is, is getting in a position to catch a ball, like, you can hear, like, the crowd stand up, like, this ball's going in no matter where it's shot from. It's amazing the three three-point attention this guy's getting now he couldn't drop it in the lake last night but again that could you know just have been uh you know uh, an aberration to what he, i mean he's been shooting so well but philly's defense is tough you know they're gonna drape some guys on him and make it tough for him so 
you know, Berton's price has come up, uh, but he is shooting the ball with confidence. I sort of like Simmons in this game, you know, just for the fact that, you know, how's Washington going to match up against him? There's no way that uh, Isaiah or Ish Smith or Beal can even begin to slow Simmons down. So I think if it's if it stays even just somewhat competitive, I'm I'm looking at him to be my key guy out of this game. I, I just don't see him getting stopped at all. So you know that might be a direction I go. Um, you know this 230 total is the highest on the whole board. So I do, you know, I do feel like you need some guys from this game. Um, you know, the Washington side they're going to guard uh, Embiid with a combination of Mahin Me who gets in horrible foul trouble. And then the rookie AP that they just signed, who, you know, and B to lead him for dinner. So, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm probably leaning to, you know, saying, let's go for it. But I just don't know. You know, I don't, Coach Brown is known to not overplay guys' minutes, sort of like an opposite of D'Antoni. And if he has a chance to sit guys, he does. So man, this 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 is some slate, man. You've got to do some very uh, deep thinking. But if, if you're playing GPPs and you don't play at least one lineup where you have like five guys from this game in it, then I think you're missing the boat because this game could take down the slate. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely, and that's the most important part. It's uh, it's a little bit of risky kind of play for cash games. But for as far as GPPs, the C is like wide open on this one. I mean, if if it stays close, there's going to be four to five viable options that you could take down tournaments with, uh, just between the, you know the Philly side of the ball. I mean, Washington, I think, is a little cut and dry. If you're looking at spending up, it's only those two guys. Um, you're not really touching any of the other center options for me. It's just a tough matchup. Everybody for everybody overall going against yeah. Philly. Um, but you know, you're looking at guys like Beal. They're fair price. The 8600. Beal's been you know has almost 60 points in three of the last four games. So there's, yeah. there's options you could look at uh, just, you know, proceed with caution, spend some time, tinker with your lineup. Uh, don't just force these guys in there unless it makes sense with the rest of your lineup, just because, uh, you know, it, there's very real chances that it could blow out. Um, I think the next game that we'll get to has a little bit uh, less appeal. I think I would much rather prefer spending up on the guys in this game, as opposed to the Milwaukee and Knicks game, but we'll get to that. I'm with you. And that game is uh, the next game on the slate. And like I said, the other major blowout potential. I mean, Milwaukee blows out everybody. The Knicks are really pathetic. It's a 730 Eastern game. It is in New York. Uh, Milwaukee's a big 12 and a half point favorite right now. Um, 228 total. Um, 120 and a half Milwaukee implied total. So uh, third highest on the slate. Knicks 108. Um, Knicks played last night. Uh, this has Giannis as probable as of right now. You know, again, here's a game where, you know, it's very, very difficult to try to figure out what's going on. I will say I had jumped on Alfred Payton sort of before anybody did. I had a feeling he may squeeze his way into the being the main point guard on that team because I just think he's better than the other two guys. And, he started the second half last night, and he played the most minutes at points. So I think Peyton is a nice play, especially, you know, Bledsoe's out. Um, you know, they're they're using a few different guys with Hill and DiVincenzo, and Peyton's getting the minutes. 
I think he's he's still cheap enough. Uh, you know, Smith has been riding the bench, and they're looking to trade him. There's a rumor he's going to get moved, I believe, to Minnesota. Um, and Nilakina, I think the coach is finally realizing he's a good defender, but he's not a scorer. So that's my value guy sort of like in this game. Um, you know, after that, I just think it's going to be a blowout, a crapshoot. And uh, I really – I'm afraid of this game, even in, in, in GPPs. I just, I'm not going to dive into this game, even though 228 is a fair total. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not playing anybody that's over, you know, 4K in this game. I just don't trust it. Uh, I'm not playing anybody on the Knicks for that matter. Um, even Alfred Payton. I just think that, you know, he might be creeping into the starting point guard job and that might actually hurt him more than help him in this game because if he's starting and this game gets out of hand, they may look to guys like, you know, Nitticalina and Dennis Smith Jr. to close it out. That's correct. Uh, Especially Dennis Smith Jr. Just knowing that, like you said, they're trying to move this guy, maybe give him an extra garbage time, showcase him a little bit. Exactly. So I'm not touching anybody on the Knicks. The one guy I'm actually even looking at in this game would be a guy like Sterling Brown as a value play. Uh, 3,900 on DK, shooting guard and small forward eligible. Chicken suit alert, chicken suit alert. And it may be, yeah. And uh, listen, he's not he's not going to be my absolute <laughs> favorite value play on the slate, but if I'm targeting anybody, uh, it would be a guy like him or maybe George Hill, just because Wesley Matthews is doubtful. Uh, we know that Bledsoe's out, so that's going to allow you know a few more minutes towards both those guys' ways. And I'll if, take Brown versus Brown. Which Brown? Troy versus your... Schmuck. Point per dollar, coach. I got to start. I got to start cutting you off on some of these price oh, tags. Cause we're talking about a thousand dollar difference. Uh, that's a that's you know. You that's talk a negative about Troy. Well, and yeah. Then you're I mean, talking at, positive at 40, about forty nine hundred. At forty nine hundred, I'm talking negative about him. Of course, I just don't. I you know, but we're talking about just an actual floor. All right, Troy let's Brown's do points my... per dollar. I'll take you. I'll okay. Take you point on. point per dollar. I, I, I can I can stomach that. Um, I almost want to get through the rest which of this slate though. D- I, DK. Uh, yeah, I, I, but let me, let's get through the rest of the slate because I don't, now you're making, you're making it sound like I'm endorsing, uh, playing, uh, you know, Brown. I'm not, I'm not sitting here I, endorsing I thought you Sterling said Brown. he was your best player I, on the I, slate. No, I'm, in, <laughs> yeah, in this game. Uh, I just think that there's going to be kind of like the same thing I was talking about with Damian Lee. Um, I think that at the end of the day, he's going to be able to get a few more minutes. He's the guy, he's young enough, uh, in one of their bench rotation guys where he'd still play if this game gets, uh, you know, out of hand. Uh, we've seen some big games out of him before when he's one of the best players on the court. So I just want to touch on him. I don't know if I'm willing to sit here and, uh, you know, bet we're running out of days with this chicken suit challenge. So I kind of got to pick my spots a little bit more. Uh, you know, early on, and coach, I was just taking chicken, any of it. You're being a chicken about you're the not bullying me challenge. into. You're not bullying me into this. I oh took I took a bunch God. of your bets all season long where you were getting guys for 1000 or 2000 or more. Uh, I took guys that didn't get in the game, for God's sake. Yeah, but you didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was trying to be kind. I had a TJ Leaf in there, close. too. Don't forget about that. <laughs> uh, so you, you got one of those for me. So I just wanted to preface that. he's. If I'm playing anybody in this game, it would probably be a guy like Sterling Brown. I'm, not, I'm just going to say like i'm not i'm not spending up on middleton i'm probably you know devin change has been playing very well uh with the starting role but you know 5400 it's kind of getting out of my price range a little bit um that's that's kind of where i'm at well maybe it'll be the chicken soup by the end of the show we'll we'll find out but you know we might come across a couple other guys that are a little better um are you endorsing like troy brown though is that what you're saying uh yeah you know i think troy brown is a, is a nice little candidate tonight I, I think he's a decent play not as far as he's not going to make my cash lineups but i would i would plug him in as a you know final uh somewhat cheaper piece in a in a gpp so yeah i 
Well, maybe I'll, yeah. maybe I'll find someone around that 4,900 or 4,800, you know, 5K or less, and I'll challenge Troy Brown with that guy. Well, that's fine. Right. Uh, that I could, that I will be uh, possibly willing to take if it's reasonable. All right. All but right. that would work. I'm ready to move on to the next um, one. I don't know if you have anything else. I think this game's just so ugly. No, I think you, I re, you, your chicken feathers are up on your neck. You're getting a little, a little spicy here, looking for. Uh, now I think now I know I got five K against Troy Brown. I think I feel like there's like eight options I can go with. Uh, I'll double challenge you with Troy Brown. It'll be the Troy Brown show tonight. Oh, All is, right, a couple of things real quickly. Again, you know we're going to try to pile drive through the rest of the show, uh, get it out there because our goal is to get it out to you. Generally, it's out first thing in the morning, so you can listen to it throughout the day. Start building that lineup. It's process number one. Process two, follow the news throughout the day. You know, look look for us at hoop-ball.com. Uh, click on uh, onto the forums. Go to the DFS thread. We'll have in- information. Miles and Andy are updating that, and our pros are on there as well. Uh, jump on Twitter. Follow us throughout the day. We're posting news. We're posting player information. And then that third piece is you've got to find a time that lasts at least minimum 30 minutes to watch the news closely and tweak the lineups. Because uh, I'm telling you, one single guy in your lineup, one error can sink your uh, entire lineup, and you want to make sure and have uh, the best uh, that you're putting forward. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, like I said, throughout the day. I'm at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And uh, Mr. Andrew, who's on my naughty list for not sticking up for me yesterday, he is at Language Olympic. We have Miles, who is on my Christmas list. He's a good guy for saving me a chicken suit point. He is at miles6565, and that's M-Y-L-E-S. And then our main uh, hoop-ball.com Twitter is at hoopballfantasy, uh, all one word, and uh, we're always posting stuff on there as well. So follow us there. You know, jump on, follow the process. It really uh, pays off. We're getting more and more tweets every day. Uh, that people are winning, they're you know excited, they're we're, they're posting, and we'll retweet a lot of that stuff too. So uh, you know it's fun. We're all breaking this down and trying to figure out what's best, and um, you know we want to give you some winners, and we love celebrating and giving you shouts out, uh, shout outs on those. So definitely send that our way. And remember, you can listen to us uh, constantly. We have a new logo too, if you haven't noticed. Uh, there's a new NBA uh, DFS logo. Pretty cool. So check that out when you're looking for us. It's the backboard and an orange basketball and hoop. And then it, it has our, our logo, a little uh, tag on the side. But uh, start uh, searching for that. And you can find it anywhere podcasts are found. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. Look for that little symbol. You'll see DFS uh, today with the basketball hoop there. And again, if you just search any of those uh, outlets for podcasts, you can put just DFS today or NBA DFS today, and we're going to come up. The only thing we'd ask, please take 15 to 30 seconds, rate, review, subscribe, click the five stars, likes, positive reviews, thumbs up on YouTube. And then a little comment goes a long way. 
you know, we're looking to grow this. We're, we're looking uh, to get a few more presenting sponsors to join in with our people, our main guys, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. And, you know, I want to also take the time to thank them for being our presenting sponsor and for being such a great partner for hoop-ball.com. You can get Hawaiian Isles Coffee uh, online, order it, easiest way, Amazon, two clicks, it's at your front door the next day. And uh, we have all of our pros uh, drinking Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee now, except Miles. We haven't quite cracked the code with Miles, but we're going to get them there. But that's uh, great stuff. All right, let's uh, get through these so we can get Michael out there uh, before he gets any more upset about this chicken suit challenge. And we're going to go with the 8 p.m. game, the Sacramento Kings at the Memphis Grizzlies. Both teams played last night. The Sacramento Kings are a slight one-and-a-half-point road favorite. That's a punch in the nose for Memphis to be an underdog Sacramento at home. Uh, it's only, like I said, 218-and-a-half. Sacramento, a 110 implied, and a Memphis 108-and-a-half. What do you have, Mike? So I'll start with the Sacramento side of the ball. I mean, we're getting some of these guys back now with Bagley and Fox. It's a second half of back-to-back, so I wouldn't be shocked to see a guy like Fox's minutes get limited. But I think Bagley is, you know, coming back from the thumb uh, thumb injury, it, he's going to still just roll out his regular time. Uh, 5400 I have no problem paying that kind of price tag. He's still coming off the bench, which takes a little bit of the love away from him. Uh, yeah, but that's weird. I, why are they doing that? It's, it's Luke, Wal- Luke Walton's a terrible, a terrible NBA coach. He's the next guy mm-hmm. on my list. I got Fizdale fired, according to my, uh, you know, my knowledge. You know, after I said let's fire Fizdale in a, in a in an article the next that morning, he got fired. So I take all the credit for that. I don't know if I should, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm going to keep doing the same thing until Walton's gone as well. Oh, so. Walton signed a big fat three year. So yeah, good whatever. luck. Shock, that. shock the money. Make, put him. Put him down as an assistant. Whatever you have to do, he should not be a head coach right now. Not for yeah. this team. Um, I I hate him. <laughs> I don't like him either. So I'm I'm cool with uh, I'm cool with looking at Bagley. You know his minutes. Um, you know still should be around that 26 to 28 minute range. And he's a guy that could produce a great point per minute producer. I do want to touch on that. He will be playing primarily probably backup center, and he's going to see Brandon Clark's defense. So it's not like he's getting um, a great backup center to go against, but. He's, he presents upside. One of those 35 to 40 DK point games will be coming in limited minutes, and it's a solid matchup where I could see him doing it. So I want I like him, and uh, I don't mind taking a stab at Holmes as like the pivot. 5100 I think, okay. is a fair price tag for him as well. Both these guys pretty much seem like they have about 25-point floors, uh, which would make them about 5x for both their value, and they still have upside where they can get to that 35-point range as well. So not core plays, but definitely uh, viable plays. I'm with you. Uh, that's, all, um, that's all I got in Sacramento. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Sacramento, is it, it, they're hard to figure. I mean, they have guys that can get hot. I would imagine uh, Bogdanovich, he missed the last game. So we, we, we don't have news yet on him. But with him out, you know, I know Fox and Bagley are back. So that's what's caused a big scramble there. But prior to that, Buddy Heald was pretty darn solid in uh, – in quite a few games, but his usage, you know, the question is usage. I still think he's playable at a fair price uh, in this game. It's going to see your boy Brooks, though, too. I, I thought that's why you would be scared away from him. I know you're uh, very high on Brooks's defense. and well, Right. I am. And did you see what Brooks – he was on my winning lineup last night, by the way. He had a fantastic game offensively. He should not uh, be shooting that much on this team, though. I mean, that's just my, my 
my personal like view on it. Don't get me wrong. He, he's a very, he's, I agree he's, with he's you. doing he, well. He gets a lot of it though. De- you know, defensive transition and follow follow-ups. He, he plays hard, man, but he does take a few too many jumpers for, for a team that has some good scoring. But, uh, did you see Jaw jump over Kevin Love last night? Oh my God, man! I I, I couldn't. I jumped off of my couch, scared the hell out of my dog. He went under the bed. He was shaking. I, I screamed. I couldn't believe. I haven't seen anybody jump over a standing six foot ten guy like that since Vince Carter back in the day. And Jackson Hayes this summer sort of did it but this was right there but it didn't go in oh man i i ran around my house like three times i was calling people and they weren't answering i felt like it, it was i was trying to show my girlfriend she didn't care and it was very upsetting for me i was like no you've you got to see this dunk and she's like mike i don't i don't care about basketball that much i said well, let's i'll let that one slide but oh watch, my watch God. this dunk uh, this, we need to have a talk off air. I'm uh, sorry. Man. It's tough, man. It's uh, she's she's the fashion person, so we're on complete different uh, spectrums. She absolutely hates sports unless we're going to. She loves going to live games. So I, I anytime I want to go to a game, she's more than happy to go. Uh, but it's yep. opposites attract, man. Uh, it, it, it speaks does. volume. We've been together about eight years. Uh, it's, it's not going absolutely anywhere. I uh, love her to death. The uh, rock of my life. And uh, if she can ever just sit down and watch a game with me on TV. I would get on one knee in a heartbeat. Oh wow! Well, we're gonna. Well, she's gonna turn the corner. She'll she'll turn the corner. Show her Luca. Luca's a handsome dude. That's one way to. I get can't it. show her the handsome players, Coach. I gotta, oh, yeah. you know, I gotta, I gotta keep you know myself attractive. Once I set the high standards, uh, uh, you may want to show her Bobon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Bobon guy. Yeah, she, oh. she, she'd probably like Boban. Uh, probably, you know, more more resembles me than Luca, so maybe she'd like <laughs> Boban. Oh man, we're off the we get off the rails to, uh, so much. Where where are we at? So we're Ooh. talking. We're I mean, I, I kind of uh, you know was Sacramento just on Sacramento, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there's anybody you we brought up the Buddy Healed, and you kind of said yeah. you were a little interested, and then I said. Yeah, but you're both guarding him. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's one of those things I'm going to look at. I just don't like this game a whole lot, especially both of them played last night. Um, you know, Jaw's okay, but, I, you know, I, I rostered him last night and, you know, against the Cleveland backcourt. I thought if he can't smash against Cleveland's backcourt, and, you know, he just skimmed by making, you know, making the number, but. I don't know, and and I know they don't like to push him with too many minutes, and they do have DeAnthony Melton and Jones. So I don't. I'm just afraid of this game. This could be a game where if you force a guy or two in, they could just sink your ship. But uh, you know, I, I this just looks like a pass game to me. I will give you the stats on this a little bit before you go over uh, Memphis, but. I just um, hit one of them now because I'll be frank, honest with you. Uh, there's only guy in Memphis I'm really looking at is Valachunas. Um and even centers, yeah, centers. Um, you know, they don't tend to do very well against uh, against Sacramento. Sacramento has a lot of bodies that they can throw out there to keep guys busy. But that just kind of mm-hmm. helps me out when I'm looking at a guy like Valanciunas, who's very minute dependent and a great uh, point per minute producer. So the only guy I have any sort of interest, but we've already talked about, and we'll get to you know several other centers. I kind of like a little bit more, but he's more of my mid tier guy I'm looking at. Well, on pace, you know, it's a massive pace up game. Memphis is uh, fifth in the league in pace. Sacramento's dead stinking Luke Walton last. Uh, so, you know, that hurts if you want to put any Memphis players in because it's going to, 
you know, in a, a combo of this with them being last, you know, you're looking at five, five and a half possessions less per game, which which hurts. Uh, but on the Sacramento side, uh, there is some some pace up uh, quite a bit there. So that could, if if you're looking to a Buddy Hill kind of guy or something, it could uh, move the needle maybe for you a little bit. As far as defensive efficiency, uh, Memphis is uh, sitting at. It's just amazing. They're twenty third, and before Bain's first injury, they were ninth. So I just I know I say that like on every show, but every show it's like ninth, eleventh, thirteenth, fifteenth, seventh. They're all the way down to twenty third. So that's a concern. Um, and then on the Sacramento side, they're seventeenth. So this game just doesn't have any, you know, uh, appeal to me at all. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Just uh, a couple of the ancillary bigs, and that's all I'm really looking at. And at the end of the day, I don't know if they'll crack my lineup. Um, it's going to come down to construction. You know, uh, when I'm looking at a guy like Valanciunas, I think the upside's always there with him. Three straight games of at least 40 uh, DK points. Yeah. And none of those games he's really played uh, much more, if, if even over 30 minutes. So. Right. Um, the, I think it's something when you talk about like a pace down spot, it actually bodes well for a guy like Valanciunas. Um, right. It kind of keeps him on the court, you know, a little bit longer. He's not going to be as winded, running up and down as much, and uh, it kind of just secures, I think, his minutes a slight bit more. So if you're looking to save money, and it's not really even saving money on DK, sixty five hundred. But when we talk about all these priced up center options, I really like, you know, Drummond and Bead in that kind of sort of spot. And we'll get to a guy like Hassan Whiteside later. Um, I think it makes sense if you're trying to save a little bit, just a little bit of money, and go to a guy like him. That's a fantastic and sharp take because that's exactly what's happening. You know how Houston, when they're playing against another small team, they'll sit Capella and just play Tucker and at center and go small. I've noticed that Memphis is doing that a lot. When they have a, a small team on the other side, they sit Joval, bring a guy like Solomon Hill in and let like Hill and Crowder play more of the bigs or Brandon Clark. Uh, and and then just run from that. So that's that's a good point. You know, maybe when they're facing other bigs, like when he played against Gobert or whatever, he had to be in there because of just uh, size, and that helps his fantasy points. A good point. Absolutely. I mean, 30 minutes last night going against Cleveland, uh, we touched on that, I think me and Andrew, um, that, you know, they, they need to use bigs against those two, against that one of those teams. It's kind of like going against the Pacers, the double big lineups. And then you look at a team like, you know, when they're going against – uh, Miami, who doesn't use a prominent four um, as often, or a team like OKC with Danilo Gallinari, who stretches the floor, or even Milwaukee with a guy like Giannis, who can just dart around and play center a little bit as well. Um, we kind of see them limit his minutes a little bit more. So that's kind of part of the reason. It's the pace. It's the matchup. It's just his price tag and knowing how good of a point-per-minute producer he is. Um, it's, there's a lot of factors that go into kind of why I'm gravitating towards him as my middle-tier center. Good stuff. All right, three games left, 8.30. L.A. Clippers at the San Antonio Spurs. A little Kawhi going back to San Antonio, which really Kawhi doesn't care if he's going to play in his mother's living room. I don't think anything affects that cyborg. But uh, the Clippers are only five-and-a-half-point favorites, so that tells me Vegas smells a Kawhi sit. That's just my initial gut. I've seen zero news about that. Mm-hmm. But doesn't that line sound way too low? That and the fact that if you look at the pricing, uh, Paul George is $1,000 more than Kawhi Leonard, kind of. You know, P- Paul George being priced up at almost ten k. Yes, he's worth it. And he's, you know, looking oh. at the last game. Uh, he came out and, you know, absolutely blew up against uh, against Houston. But 
you know, a guy like this who's very, I wouldn't say up and down, he's a little bit too up and down to be priced at 10K. He's not like Trey Young who's got like a floor no. of about 40, 50 points, and then he could get up there to that 70-point range. You know, looking at his past few games, we're seeing two 60-point games over his past four or five, but there's also a 27 sprinkled in there, a 35 and a 43. So I think that kind of hints at what may happen. Um, but we have to wait and see and monitor that news, and hopefully I can deliver for I, you. And I'll tell you, I, I... – I got to give the DFS, uh, you know, sites a, a little heads up. That takes a little bit of guts anticipating him being out and uh, adjusting prices because usually they get stung by that. But uh, great news to watch. And what it does is if he does play, that makes him a great play because of the, you know, his price. So uh, the over under here, like I said, 225, which is respectable. Uh, in a Clippers game, 115.5 implied for the Clippers, 109.5 uh, for the Spurs. Uh, the Clippers right now are sixth pace in the league, so they're getting up and down. San Antonio's 13th, so you know that's that's why it's a 225 number. Uh, these two teams will will get up and down the floor. Clippers are sitting at sixth. We know they'll be in the top 10 or higher uh, throughout the entire year. And then, of course, you know, San Antonio uh, is at least up to 21. They were down to 28 at one point. They are playing better ball in the last week and a half or so, uh, which, you know, may be another reason why this spread is, is there. But, you know, I'll just say this, and then I'll let you die, you know, dissect the, the whole game. But for me, um, the Spurs spread the ball out too much. I, I really love DeJounte Murray's uh, direction right now, but not against Pat Bev. And so, you know, I'm not going to touch any Spurs. And on the Clippers side, if Kawhi plays, I'm going to use him. If he doesn't, then uh, I'm probably going to go to Lou Will because it looks like, you know, you, you think automatically George is the play, but at that price, I think you can get very similar stats from Lou and you might want to even consider a little Montrez Harrell. And that's all I got for that game. I'm with you. I, I think if, if Leonard sits, Montrez Harrell is going to be one of my first plays. I like Lou Williams as well. But just the shot attempts for Montrez Harrell are, are, are drastic when uh, Kawhi's sitting. I mean, it's almost like mm -hmm. double the attempts. You see some, you actually get some 20 shot attempt games up there when they're missing uh, Kawhi. So okay. I, I definitely think that's an option. I'm going to be looking at Kawhi. Like you said, I think that's a more than fair price tag if he plays. I mean, his season average right now is about 48 DK points, 47 and a half or so. And then in the games that, the two games that they played the Spurs so far this season, he's averaging about 53. So there's a drastic increase. Maybe he's a robot. Maybe it's just, you know, he plays well against that team because they're just terrible. Um, but he yeah, does right. see an increase in his average. And, you know, that's a guy, if we're talking about 50-point average, should be priced probably a little bit over 9K. So I have yeah. no problem looking at him. Um, that's basically all I'm going to be looking at on the Clippers side. I'm not going to be playing Paul George at that price tag, not going to Pat Bev in this kind of uh, matchup. Um, I'm, I'm good with kind of avoiding those. Landry Shamit played 30 minutes, so it's worth touching on. He's I only know. I was shocked he played 30 minutes. Yeah. That's I wish Man. I was on him a little bit more because we, me and Andrew, we touched on him and I and I mentioned him. I did hear, um, yeah. But I, you know, I I didn't end up going there. I didn't want to, you know, test it. But he's definitely viable. I mean, he's down in price when his minutes went up, so yeah. I don't mind and, looking and at him. And he can 36. knock down threes with the best of them. For exactly. Sure. We're not expecting him to light the world on fire and get us forty DK points. But again, if you're playing in, in those kind of builds where you're looking at a guy like Harden and you're going to be spending up on him and you're going to be dumpster diving a little bit. So if you're going to dumpster dive, go for the guys that you know you still feel good about their floor 
scores uh, because you're not necessarily looking for that 40 point game if you're looking if you're expecting an 80 or 90 point game out of Harden you're just hoping that they get 5x for you exactly no um, doubt about it san antonio side i think we can look at aldridge he's been playing well over the past few games he's not gonna be a core player or anything of mine um you know playing good minutes we know that the clippers front court is pretty susceptible to points and it's the one spot yeah. that you can really generally target if you're looking to go with anybody against them so i don't mind the price tag at uh at 7400 and then you know you touched on murray i've been all over murray and i've been waiting for these these minutes to get up but you hit the nail yeah. on the head it's not the matchup i'm necessarily going to be targeting him and i'm actually going to be looking more at a guy like Derek white at 4k uh, I think that's a more than fair price tag. The minutes have been down from a little bit over uh, the last few games, but this, yeah. this game has all the makings to kind of get out of get out of hand. See a few extra minutes if Pat Bev is frustrating Dejounte Murray, and then paying that four K price tag. I mean, in three out of the past four games, he has at least twenty uh, twenty seven DK points, so that's more than six yeah. X for you, uh, just from yeah. that perspective. And the added run would only help. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I think uh, Murray is going to be a, a key guy for me. This Christmas week, I'm going to be dialing up him, uh, dial him up a lot, unless it's, you know, a, a Pat Bev or Marcus Smart or one of the, you know, handful he, of guys. He's the Joe awesome. Val of point guards. You know what I mean? If you if we know he's yeah. getting 30 plus minutes, just lock him up, man. Against whoever they're gonna, facing, because he rebounds and he steals and he blocks shots, he can do everything. He's a great he's, point for minute producer. Exactly. If Pop should be playing that guy, just a. Boatload of minutes. Did you and let did, him develop? Did you hear this talk about Spurs bench coaches like being afraid to tell Popovich anything about the rotation? No, I didn't hear that. I don't know if it was just like a joke or anything. Uh, I may maybe just be a spoof, but I saw something come across my timeline. I think it was last night or the night before, where I guess uh, you know Becky and Tim were kind of talking and saying like, "You try to tell, you talk to him. You know, he's stubborn. He's yeah. not going to listen to us." And they're absolutely right. <laughs> and this guy's got tenure. You can't get you know he can basically do whatever he wants to land it. Oh yeah, sometimes he'll just do stuff to spite people. So I, you know, you may want to use the reverse psychology there. <laughs> That's uh, that's all I got. Though I'm ready to kind of go on to the next one, unless you have anything else you want to. Well, I was going to go into about a 30 minute discussion about what sites to. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> all right, we got two games left. We got the nine o'clock game, Houston Rockets at Phoenix Suns. This will be the most stacked game of the day, for sure. Houston did not play yesterday, uh, but they're only a six point favorite on the road in Phoenix. It's the highest over under 236, and you got a bunch of guys in here. I think you're going to see tons of Harden and Westbrook filling up rosters all over the industry. Uh, 121 total for Houston, 115 for Phoenix. We know that Pace Houston is third, Phoenix is ninth. So you got, uh, you know, it plays into each other's hands as far as just moving up and down the floor and getting it done defensively Houston 16th Phoenix 18th so just very average there so you know Phoenix is like I say on the second half of back-to-back but it's at home in Phoenix Uh, this could be uh, again the pivotal game for people that are going to stack it and I think the industry is going to go very heavy I think you're going to see Atlanta Brooklyn game early and the Houston Phoenix game late make up at least half of people's rosters all over the industry uh, in cash and even more so in GPPs. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a key game. Uh, we know that anytime Hardian's on a slate, we got to talk about him. So 
I'll jump right in. I'll just start with the Rockets. Um, you know, James Harden's obviously in play. He's 11-6. We're getting to see a down price tag for him after a few strings of, uh, you know, under 60-point uh, fantasy games. So I have no problem looking at James Harden, but I'm actually leaning more towards Westbrook in this matchup. Uh, mm. 9,400. I think, you know, getting that, getting that savings of the $2,200 is going to be worthwhile. I've talked about a bunch of priced up centers that I'm looking to play. So it just kind of makes a little bit more sense as far as my builds. He's been a lot more aggressive as of late. The shot attempts have been there. He's got at least 18 shot attempts and upwards, you know, 31 in the last game over the past four games. So we're seeing an yeah. aggressive Westbrook kind of take over a little bit more. And, uh, you know, he already torched Phoenix in this matchup earlier in the season for 71 yeah. DK points. And that yeah. was only on 18 shot attempts. So, um, you know, that was a triple-double type atmosphere for him. And those are the games and the matchups that we're kind of looking to target Westbrook. And it's not necessarily like he's ever going to outscore James Harden. He might out-assist him. Um, he might even out-rebound him here and there. But he needs to put it all together to make it worthwhile. And I think in this kind of matchup, uh, it's a spot that we could target him in. Capella, mm-hmm. good spot, 8K, don't mind the price tag. I'm probably not going to go there, though. I, like I said, too many centers I like. Um, you know, Whiteside's only a few hundred dollars more, and we'll get to him. And then uh, yeah, I think Daniel House at $3,800 is warranted a look. Not going to be a core play of mine, but played 35 minutes in the last game, played at least 34 minutes in three out of the last four games. Minutes equal yeah. money. It's not always created equally. The usage is never really going to be uh, too high for him. But, you know, if you're dumpster diving uh, and you want to look at somebody, I, I don't I don't mind it, I guess. You know, not a staple play, though. Yes, definitely. And I know uh, Aiden came back, but he twisted his ankle. So I believe he'll probably miss this game. Yeah, he's gonna, he'll, he'll miss it again. Um, I'm so, expecting him to. You know, so the, the only thing that concerns me there with, you know, I like Capella uh, a little bit, but Baines' defense I respect more, although Baines is not right. He is not healthy yet. So... He'll probably be in there on minute, uh, you know, restriction. So if if uh, Capella does get to run with Kaminsky playing center or any of those clowns, he's gonna he could have a twenty rebound game. So I'm interested in Capella. I don't see how you don't roster. You ha- I think you have to at least roster either Harden or Westbrook. I mean, I Absolutely. I don't know how you don't. If you fade both of them, you've got some guts, but uh, unless you think it's going to blow out. I mean, Phoenix is on a second night of a back-to-back, but it's only a six spread. So I just – I think you got to have one of those guys. And, you know, I don't know if it's even feasible. I doubt it to, to, to roster both. But, uh, you know, you got to go somewhere in this game on that side. On the Phoenix side, Booker I know was ding, but he did play last night. So – uh, if he's going to play, I'm expecting Westbrook, who I think has been playing phenomenal defense, to guard Rubio, which leaves probably a little Harden on Booker, or I don't know who else, if they're going to try somebody else on him, but uh, that certainly brings... Uh, he doesn't like double teams. No, <laughs> I, yeah, really. I think that brings Booker into play, too. So, you know, you could really stack this game and use a big portion of your salary and, and take something down but you got to uh you know it's going to be a, a have to balance it a little bit i don't think you can afford the guys like Ubre on top of everything else with uh you know with some of these guys so i would say go you know go here at least one or two guys on the houston side get a little correlation maybe with book on the other side or if you want to go with one of the cheaper guys on phoenix you could but 
this this game has to be part of your build, in my opinion. Absolutely, and you and you touched on uh, you know Booker. He's going to be probably the first guy I'm looking at on the Phoenix side. He played 27 minutes in the in the first game back since the injury, but the game was a 22 point uh, loss. So you know that could yeah. that could have been primarily the reason why they didn't you know they didn't need to rush him back into playing big minutes. If he's going to play 30 plus minutes and he's able to, it's it's in a matchup like like this one. So um, I'm, I have no problem paying that 8300 for him. Uh, you know, obviously he's going to get plenty of shot attempts. He put 50 up in the first time that these two teams face so the upside is clearly there um i wouldn't even mind looking at a guy like rubio at 7200 obviously booker being back um uh, kind of hurts the usage that rubio was seeing uh we were kind of seeing a little bit more shot attempts from him uh over the span with him out um so you know i i still think he's viable at that price tag i think that we'll probably see him shave off a couple hundred dollars over the next couple of weeks now that booker's back and once he plays big minutes but um, i can see looking at him and i'm glad you touched on aaron baines i'm actually going to be nowhere near aaron baines in this matchup um, yeah. When you talk about like one thing, I always touch on. I don't generally look to target centers going against um, against uh, against Houston just because they could limit the size. They could end up just going with like a PJ Tucker small ball lineup at any point in time that they want to pulling him off right. the court. Kaminsky just makes more sense in this matchup to get more minutes. And Baines is you know dealing with a calf injury. And when you talk about a guy yeah. in the second half of a back to back going against a team that likes to push the pace and run with the ball. Um, and a guy in a back-to-back, generally the first thing that a basketball player is going to say is sore on him the next day is going to be his calves, his calves yeah. or his lower body. So for all those reasons, I'm not going to pay. I mean, the price tag's fair. It's 4600 But all those reasons kind of have me shifting away from a guy like Baines in this matchup. I would be more me, looking at Sarich at 5 k Let me ask you this. You know, I know Houston's only a six-point favorite, but – Phoenix is three and thirteen in their last sixteen games after a really good start. I'm gonna stop you right now, Coach Mike D'Antoni. We talked about this. Spike. I know, but, but let me <laughs> let me let me paint both sides of this. So you got Phoenix team that's really playing poorly. They just had lost eight and after just one game back. Baines isn't right. Uh, Booker's not a hundred percent. We know that because he, he he was limited in this last game and he had missed the game before. So, I mean, there is the potential Houston just kills them. Now, does it even out with what we just said? Stupid D'Antoni plays his guys a billion minutes no matter what the score. Yes, that comes into play. But, you know, I'll tell you what. If I was betting games, I would take Houston minus six in a heartbeat. But um, I don't know. I I just – the D'Antoni factor may equal that out enough. But it's enough, to, you know, to think about anyway. Well, they they played earlier this month. They played back on uh, December seventh, and uh, the Suns lost by six. So <laughs> there's the spread for you right there. There you go. There you go. All right, man. Last game on the slate. Then we can uh, we can get ourselves uh, moving on the day. It's the late night hammer. It's 10 p.m. Eastern. Starts an hour later than any of the other games, so it'll be a true uh, hammer game. You got uh, two teams that played last night. Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, they played without Cat. I would imagine he'll be out again, uh, but definitely check that news. They're playing Portland. Uh, Carmelo got dinged. I just read before we came on air that he says he's playing, and he's now listed as probable. He was questionable prior to that. Uh, the 229.5 total, second highest total on the board uh, to the, the 236 of the last game we discussed with Houston Phoenix. An implied total for Minnesota of 111.5. Portland, a big fat 118, which is pretty impressive. Uh, you also have two teams that get up and down the floor. Minnesota 7th, which uh, is really good. Portland 11th. So 
this game could be a, a very usable game uh, as well because uh, neither one of these teams is tearing up the league defensively. Minnesota is a, a woeful 22nd, and uh, Portland is 20th. So <clears throat> this could be the the uh, as much of a swing game as that Houston-Phoenix game. So <clears throat> we could have some definite late-night hammer stuff. I mean, Lillard's stepping it up. McCollum's playing well. If Carmelo back is back, he's been solid. Whiteside uh, with without a cat there. And then you've got all that massive usage, you know, that's going to flow if cat doesn't play to Wiggins and Teague. And then if you want to go super value, you've got, you know, all the guys from this team like Jang and stuff that are going to be the fill-in guys. So this game has a lot of interest to me, Mike. Absolutely. I'm all over it. Um, I'm getting a lot of my, my core play exposures from this game and uh, the one we just talked about. Um, I mean, I can I can light up both sides of this ball and feel comfortable with it. I'll start with Minnesota because obviously Carly Anthony Towns being out is going to you know greatly affect this team, and that puts Andrew Wiggins at seventy eight hundred as one of my core plays for both cash and GPPs. I mean, nice. his, his floor has just been rock solid around that forty points. He's kind of doing what Ingram Ingram's been doing when Cat's out. He getting to see some very similar usage, sim- very similar shot attempts at a very similar. Uh, kind of stat line so yeah. I, I have no problem going to him at 7800 it's kind of the same thing when I was looking at Ingram when he was below or around that 8k range I know we saw him at like uh, 8500 last night or 88 85 or 8700 last night and that kind of takes a little bit of the peel away still performed so I'm gonna be looking at him as one of my primary options I think Gorgie Dang is another guy that we can just roll right back out if cats out 4600 still a fair price tag yeah, um, he's not going to ever see starters level minutes. They no. have other bodies. That not with Bell, Bell and Vonley. Yeah, no, but Bell and Vonley would also get chewed up by Whiteside in this matchup. They will. So if there's a guy that you want to roll out there, minutes, though. yeah, absolutely. I think that at the end of the day, though, if you if if there's a center to roll out against Whiteside, it's dang it makes the most sense. Oh yeah, he's um, the only option. I'm just I was meaning it just makes his worth a little less. That's oh all. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's 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 my point too. And uh, but just even in limited minutes, the two games that he started. Over the past two games that Cats missed, 25 and 29 DK points. That's more than enough for 4,600 to look at. Um, and those are going to be my two primary options. I mean, if you're not playing Wiggins and you don't want to go near Wiggins, if you're still off the Wiggins train like I was early on, I kind of, you know, uh, forgave him for every time he's ever burned me ever since this season because now, you know, now that Teague's doesn't start uh, you know he's been starting with Covington in the doghouse but Wiggins just the point Wiggins and the usage he's getting I've, I've changed my ways with them but if you're still on that and you want to check out Teague I don't mind it at 5900 it's a more than fair price tag with Cat out he should still garner pretty good usage uh, but for me it's mostly going to be Wiggins and Dang on the Minnesota side and then I touched on Whiteside a bunch of times I, one of my favorite center plays on the slate 8400 in this matchup has 50 points written all over it uh, DK points that is and I have no issue going to him and then I prefer uh, McCollum over over Lillard in this uh, specific matchup. Wow. I, um, I'm generally the other way around. I'm, I, maybe this is a reason to not play McCollum because I'm actually looking at him. But at 7,300, <laughs> the way he's been playing over the past few games, it's just uh, you can't ignore it. It's fair price. Uh, it's a more than fair price, yeah. That's, and that's exactly my point. I, I, could, I just expect him to continue rolling. And, uh, you know, when I'm talking about all these priced-up guys, I've mentioned several guys over that AK range I'm interested in. I'm just, Lillard's not going to make the cut at 8,900. Um, to no fault if you want to play him. The upside's always there. It is a more fair, more than fair price tag. But when we're talking over AK, I'd rather have the $500 discount, get my exposure with Whiteside. 
I'm with you, man. I am right with you. All right, you have two options to accept or pass. I would be happy in the chicken suit challenge to, to go after Sterling Brown and Gorgie Jang. I'll take Dan I'll take Dang over uh over Troy Brown. I don't mind that. What are the prices of those guys? They're very similar. Dang's forty six. I think Troy Brown's even a couple hundred dollars more. All right. We'll so just take a, that one. Yeah, yep. that's a fair one, I think. I, you know, that's something I can there you I can, go. I can get behind. I don't you know, at the end of the day, I think Troy Brown's is the chance you have, I think Dang is floor is much safer. Uh if but if Troy Brown gets hot, you can easily take that one down. Yeah, it's a fair it's a fair uh, fight, I think, there for sure. Okay. All right, man, we got it. Let's get this one in the can so we can get everybody rocking and rolling today. It's been a blast. Uh, great stuff. Um, let's see who's on for. It's the, it's the Miles and uh, it's uh, the Miles and Miles, Andy show tomorrow. Miles yeah. and we both Andy. get the day off. Holy cow! We're, they're going to the A team for the the Sunday <laughs> slate. Uh, it's a five game slate for our our buddies Miles and, and Andy, so they'll be they'll take care of you tonight. All right, man. Any final comments? Uh, no, that's all. Have fun with this slate, guys. I mean, a lot of priced up options and good spots. So game scripting and don't settle. I know you might lock in a lineup and just feel so great, but tinker with it. Make sure you t you save yourself a good half an hour before the lineup locks, just to explore all the options of of pivots that you can make and. You know, really trying to nail it down. It's going to be ownership's going to be spread out across the slate with all these expensive guys. Uh, so I don't think you need to be too worried uh, about that ownership as much on a slate like tonight. Fantastic. A, a quick thanks again to our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Please uh, check us out on hoop-ball.com. Uh, follow all of our information on there. Uh, and you know, also I would say when you take a ch listen to this podcast, take that extra couple seconds afterwards rate review subscribe we really appreciate it so we want to thank you for joining us uh, for this hoop ball nba dfs today show uh, we've shared an exciting saturday december 21st nine game slate with you and we hope you get some extra santa money in the in the uh, bag for uh tonight's slate so go after it man we're we're with you uh, i'm coach for my man mike apatry and our other pros Andrew and Miles. We will catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS. Absolutely, guys. Have a good night. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.